Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Around the Emirates podcast with Sarah. I'm here with a fellow ACS alumni, Munira. Welcome, Munira. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Of course. So, Munira, tell me all about you and your passion, your creative vision, and of course, that was a lab. Absolutely. Um, so, I am an independent curator, and I've recently launched a platform called the Rwaza Lab. Um, there was a there was a lab is a curatorial lab. It's a place to think. It's a place where people come together um, to kind of incubate ideas and then bring them to a realization. Now, there was a, something that I've been thinking about for a very long time uh, over the last five or six years, and I've been working on it prior to uh, the inception of the uh, of the platform for about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously working on it. Um, and the, the, the Rwaza Lab kind of looks at two things. It's on one side, it's a space where, you know, I can collaborate with people, realize projects that, that need to be realized within the, um, within the cultural frame. And then on the other side, which is the side that I think is super exciting, um, is, the, is the incubator, where mm-hmm. you know, I'm bringing people in, bringing people together to start to think about various things like language, to think about vocabulary and readdressing um, perhaps uh, adopted histories that and narratives that are being used um, within the cultural sphere. Um, and so it's a critical space, but it's also a space where inception takes place. It's a space of inspiration. It's a space of exchange. And for me, I think that that's the most important thing when looking at, uh, when looking into the art scene um, and into the creative scene, it is really kind of um, at the heart of everything is to come together as a community. That's beautiful. Wow. So it's, it's, it's several things, right? It's not just, it's an incubator. It's also a platform. It's an opportunity for artists who have different types of artistic creative skills to come together and, and present their ideas in different ways. Like not the, just the traditional, you know, pen on paper, which is really cool. Um, so I understand that you've had this passion for, for a while. Like you've always had this kind of creative vision in your head of what you want to achieve with your life. So tell me your story about how you turn that kind of, you harness that passion into what you do today. Absolutely. So I've always been a creative kid. Uh, I'm one of three. Uh, I have two older brothers and myself. Um, and I always had this sort of creative, inc- like, yeah, I was always creatively inclined, let's say. Mm. So when people are going right, I was always somewhere dabbling around on the left-hand side, yeah. you know, <laughs> I on things and just kind of thinking and looking at things in a very different way. Um, And from a young age, um, through school, the art teachers always kind of kept a close eye um, with whatever it was that I was doing. Uh, You know, they were always around. I uh, have had two uh, best friends since, you know, a very young age. but I wasn't a, like I wasn't social or had like the capacity to socialize with anyone up until third grade when I when I had my um, a teacher who basically changed my life. Uh, her name is Miss Dani um, at ACS, uh, sure. and then that kind of opened up sort of my my understanding. But prior to that, I spent my lunch times in the art classroom actually a lot of times. Oh, okay. Um, with uh, you know with the art teachers, just sitting down with them, drawing. Uh, sketching, talking, playing with Play-Doh. And my mom always really kind of reinforced this creativity in me um, and supported it. Mm. Uh, And so kind of dating, yeah, yeah, it's been great, alhamdulillah. Uh, Dating back, I guess, I, um, in 
the third grade had to start keeping a journal because um, of some learning disabilities that I had. Uh, so I, I had to continue writing. And so they suggested that I start keeping a journal. And, and within the journal, I have a journal entry that states, when I grow up, I'm going to be an artist or an astronaut. So I think it's really funny because it's two things that are very sort of like separate to the idea of like gravity and like the realities of the world. It's kind of looking at the world from the outside mm-hmm. and onto it, but also being a, you have to be an, an active participant to, of it to understand it um, sort of from a bird's eye view. So um, so I just kind of focused on the arts throughout my school, like schooling career. It became mm-hmm. the only and most important subject to me. Everything else was extremely secondary. Uh, I would hand in at, you know, I would work on my essays only after I finished my art stuff. Um, mm, I see. So it, was, it was extremely important for me to, um, it was important for me on a personal note. So that made sense. And I didn't have to make sense with, the rest of what made sense with regards to, you know, uh, focusing on science or, you know, I, putting in a little bit more effort into math, you know, I yeah. knew what I wanted and, and, uh, and I knew what made me feel good. And I knew where I could also participate and not only get, but give. Um, and so with that, I ended up um, graduating from ACS and moving to the UK. I, uh, funnily enough, did a year of law for my foundation year. Um, oh, just wow. To kind of, uh, my uh, sort of just, I don't know, there was there was panic around me going into art school. And then I, I was told that I could make a wall talk if I needed it to. So why not go into um, into law? So mm-hmm. I was convinced. Briefly. I did it for a year hated it I did well but I did did not enjoy it at all and then from there I decided to go into the art history program to kind of arrive to a place that's a medium and in between and I at ACS you know was very much told that there's no art that has come out of the region outside of like calligraphy which is Mm -hmm. extremely correct Um, and um, you know and so what ends up what ended up happening for me is I started to focus in on the region and because I went to SOAS I was learning the history of art from the lens of um, the, um, Africa the Middle East uh, yeah South Asia and uh, uh, the Far East so I was able to you know really get an alternative understanding of what art is as opposed to you know get, you know receiving the western canon of what art history is I think that to me is the basis of my thinking still today until present. Of course, I graduated um, from university and then I was doing internships and whatnot. And I quickly kind of, there was a moment of conversion for me because I was very interested in the historical element of the arts. Um, yeah. And then there was, um, there, was a, there was a turning point for me actually where I was in New York, I was lost. It was the evening, my phone was uh, completely dead. Um, Oh. And I started panicking, yeah. And I had, I hadn't, uh, hadn't mastered the subway systems, or and so I was just praying for a cab to come by. Um, and then I saw a group of uh, individuals outside uh, space, um, and to so I thought I'll just stand around there and wait to see uh, if somebody comes out of the cab. And then, very funnily, quickly, uh, somebody puts their hand on my shoulder, and it was another uh, ACS alumni. 
uh, from the older generation. Her name is Lena Kadumi, uh, and she kind of puts her hand on my shoulder and she's like, Mooney? And I was just like, Lena. She's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, if you want the truth, this is what's going on. <laughs> and so, and it's interesting because I gravitated towards a group of people who kind of looked like me also. They looked like a bunch of creatives. They were, you know, brown kids. So what I ended up learning was there were a bunch of uh, Khaliji artists who are now part of something known as the GCC Collective. And that was their first exhibition um, wow. together, but separately. And so... I went in and why I appreciate history of art is, or, or, or what I used to always say when people tell me like, what does that even mean that you're studying history of art? I say that I'm looking at the painting, let's say, or a ceramic. And from that ceramic, I end up learning about the religion, the gender politics, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the regular politics, the, what they ate, you know, uh, right. how they slept. Um, and I learned that you learn about everything via an object. And so that is why art is important because these objects become tokens of stories and those stories mm. are the history of, uh, it becomes the history of, of, of the land that you're, you're on or not on, you know, you, this, is, this object carries truth. And to me, that truth became of interest and I'm a natural storyteller. So what ended up happening was uh, I didn't get into a cab. I ended up staying the rest of the night with these creatives in uh, um, in New York. And I was taken around this exhibition, which showed contemporary art from the Gulf um, and in specific from Kuwait. And I was blown. You know, I was just wow. like, I, you know, I need to be a part of this uh, vocabulary that is kind of assessing and addressing the things that are important to us now via objects or via art, you know, contemporary art in this way. And so for me, it was just from there uh, kind of upwards um, within the within the contemporary art frame. So. Wow. That's firstly incredible how you happen to run into these people in New York when you were, you know, lost and didn't have your phone with you. That's that that is such like the coincidence is like insane. Um, but I think there's a phrase that you just said that stuck with me about art being a token of stories. So it's art is not just about, you know, painting something and it looks nice. It, it tells a story. It's, it's a piece of our history. It's a piece of our humanity and, and, and the evolution we've gone through as a human race. So the fact that you are able to bring that out, especially like amongst GCC artists, I think is really cool. I have not heard or seen anyone else do that personally. So I think that's really inspiring. Um, so my next question is more about kind of the obstacles that you've gone through. So you've gone through, I mean, you've told me your, your full story here, but was there any moment where you were held, really held back from your passions and you thought to yourself, like, I'm just not going to do this right now. I won't be able to succeed right now. No, I think I'm a very stubborn individual. So <laughs> never mind. It would be very difficult for me to get to a point where I'm like, I, I can't do this. I think that there's definitely a solution to everything. And, um, to kind of uh, piggyback on what you were saying, there are a lot of creative practitioners in the region who are doing incredible things. So there are my peers amongst me, uh, you know, I tip my hat to them. They are, they've been doing and, and, you know, have been participating. There's been, there's been an art scene in the region since the, in, if we're looking at Kuwait since the 60s in the, mm. in the UAE from the 70s. So there's a misconception. And I guess, you know, I think earlier you were asking me if there's a point that I would like to make via this uh, podcast. Art has always existed here, always. It's always been here. Right. Be it 
pre-Islamic times or post-Islamic times or in the contemporary frame, we have you know giants that have come out of the UAE with regards to to, to the arts and you know are making a huge impact in the in the international scene and that to me is sort of يعني, I think it's a story that I've heard and continue hearing um, for people who are not within the creative art scene or the creative scene in general. Uh, creatives have always existed there. We are one, um, uh, you know, amongst many and, and you know, and their creatives are necessary in every society. So I think for me, I've never really, because I've had, you know, I've been so lucky to be um, just supported. And even when things like in 2007, who was studying history of art to come back to the UAE, there was still no announcement of uh, the, the museums. There was no announcement. There was no real announcements of this sort of um, cultural uh, evolution that actually has taken place in the last 10, 10 years. But mm-hmm. I, I went with what I went because I knew I know what I like. And I think that at the end of the day, if you know what you like and you're good at what you like, then why would you be doing something else, you know? And why would you sit down and kind of say that things can't, can't exist? I can't, I can't tell you that I always knew I wanted to be a curator, but at the end, um, cur- what, what I saw of curating is actually what I do. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's this tying of narratives, it's the stories, uh, coming together, it's building, um, building, you know, a moment around the theme that allows me to showcase artworks that respond or react to this theme. And I think that you know, art has been used um, on a, a, you know on a policy scale even because it's considered you know um, soft diplomacy. You know where where you can come in and you can create exchange. You know, art yeah. is a conversation. Yeah, and it I very much is. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that the like to look back, I think, you know, I've had hurdles, plenty, but they've only seemed to me like hurdles. They've never seemed mm. to me as as obstacles or things that I can't come can't get across. If there is no road that is already like paved, I will pave that road for myself uh, to take. Um, and I think that, you know, that that's, you know, that's really it's really important to have that hat on. Um, especially if you're participating in something that's so new uh you know it's something that is new in its infrastructure not new in its ideologies um then you know at the end of the day or in in the long run i think for me you know i i i've worked with two institutions um and then i've realized that what i want to do is outside of the institution and you know what i wanted to do wasn't there so I put my head down and and uh, I got to thinking and you know I, I was give, given lots of opportunities that I took and learned from and only to kind of evolve and adjust before uh, I guess launching the Waza, which really for me embodies all of me in one platform. Right. So it's everything that I that I have been doing um, since leaving sort of the institution on a on a grassroots level. I've kind of come back and done a lot, and I needed. I needed a house for it. So, mm-hmm. so Rawaza and Rawaza became the house for it. Metaphor, not initially intended, but I will run with this now. Uh, but, you know, Rawaza is the small door um, and the big door uh, mm. that's on the outside gates. So I always say that that small door, you know, 
you can open it and you can let let things breathe, but you can also close it and let things cook, you know. Right. Um, and so so Darwaza is this place where, you know, where we are letting things simmer, but we're also opening up the door to to let things air out. And um, and and again, this exchange or this give and take becomes extremely important, becomes at the at the center of everything that I do. That's phenomenal. Thank you so much for explaining just the the detail and the the the, the train of mind, the, the train of thought. Sorry, behind all of that, it's. It, I feel like through this conversation, I've like had a glimpse into your brain and kind of like how you work and like your creative side, but also like your analytical side and how you how you've put all of this together. So like it, that's a huge success in its own to have be able to come up with the the was a lab and just the symbolism behind it is is inspiring. Um, but I do have one uh, more question for you. Um, Obviously, you're an Emirati female. Um, can you tell me if about more about like what it was like as an Emirati female with you know the only female in your family, right? Because you have older brothers. What was it like to go through this process and and uh, kind of explore this part of you as as a female in the society that we live in today? Um, I think it's amazing uh, to have been the only girl in my family. I think I had a lot of support. Uh, okay. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot. Uh, it, the predominant amount of our uh, creative industry is female-led. Like, mm-hmm. To put that, to make that clear. And then also in with regards to the UAE and the history of the UAE, the woman has always been at the forefront. You know, okay. Uh, and so I think that that's something that you know we're we're very lucky to have because every every household has a female who has who will put you also in that sort of uh, front line to do what mm. you have to do to to participate in um, you know in everything that you think is uh, going to further empower and further uh, push forward this. I, this this narrative and, and your voice I think that you know it's it's really it's really interesting and I, I'm realizing now I'm wearing a gender equality shirt and I think that this is you know this is something that is in existence around the world where you know gender politics exists and it's something that you know that we all um, any any individual be it male or female has has gone through and I think that it's just important that people own up to their voices. Um, mm-hmm. I have a funny story perhaps to tell you here, but I got approached um, maybe in 2017, I would like to say, um, by two individuals. Uh, one was a photographer from Germany, the other a female, and the other one was a, a anthropologist from the UK. And they wanted to, they emailed a bunch of women which, who are at the forefront of the art scene in the UAE, um, and uh, to interview them and photograph them to tell the world that women in the UAE actually have a voice. And I was just like, this is, you know, this is extremely belittling. You know, I don't need anybody to come tell me from the outside why, why you know, or that I have a voice. I have a voice and I'm, I'm aware that I have a voice. Mm-hmm. I don't need you know, I don't need anybody coming in and giving me their stamp of approval. My voice is not the same as the voice of somebody in the West because I'm not from the West. Right. You know? And I think that this is, you know, this is something that is that became a huge problem. And all of the creatives kind of got together and sat these two ladies down saying, you know, do you not see that you're, orient- first of all, orientalizing, belittling, you know, there's, there's a lot that is 
taking place here that is extremely incorrect, Danny. You obviously have not done your research uh, before coming here because this is not a place where women are um, second secondary. Absolutely right. not. Hundred you know? percent. Um, and uh, and so for us, it became everybody kind of came together to tell them, you know, oh, we're, this is not a place where women are secondary and this is a place where women already have their voice. And, and the art scene or the creative scene is a place where you definitely, definitely feel that and definitely see that it's female, female led. Um, right. Third, you know, uh, you, ha you have, of course, you have, you know, uh, um, men in the scene, absolutely, but kind of the movers and the shakers. Females are very much at the face of it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I see. Um, that's extremely interesting. I actually didn't know that um, females, like there were, first of all, I didn't know that there were that many kind of artists and creators in the region or even in the country. That's that's really cool information to have. And the fact that you're saying to me that you kind of have like such a close-knit community and like you all, you kind of band together and you not only promote each individual artist and each individual creative vision, but you also promote it through exhibitions and through coming together, exchanging stories, like you said, from across the region. So I think that's a, that's a beautiful way to, like you said, soft diplomacy, right? So expressing yourselves and expressing your views, but doing it in a peaceful, nonviolent and kind of engaging way. Um, so we've kind of covered um, the most important things in the story, which I think is going to open the eyes of some people watching or listening to this episode. Um, I just have one last favor to ask of you, please. Um, is there kind of any piece of advice you have for any up and coming creatives who are looking for a way to kind of express themselves that might not have the tools or the support to do it? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, as, you know, on the outside, perhaps intimidating uh, the art scene may look, it's not that intimidating. Anybody that is interested in any particular artist, curator, writer, thinker, you know, just approach them, send them a DM. I'm, I'm always happy to receive, you know, uh, messages from people that I don't know to kind of give them direction or, you know, answer any questions um, that, that they have uh, and, and or connect them with the right people. And I think right. that that's sort of, you know, that's sort of a really important element to take into consideration. Um, and also, if you're passionate about something and something isn't working, figure out a way to make it work, you know, always look at things from different angles. Um, and I think a creative does that naturally. So once you have that creative problem solving and intact and, and you know, at hand, then you, you can actually really move, you know, move with the waves that are coming your way. I love them moves with move with the waves that are coming your way. That's going to be like a quote for this entire episode. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Monita, for your time Absolutely. and for explaining thank your story. Um, so, so you guys know that Monita is available on social media. She's got her Instagram page. And like, you know, she said, you know, feel free to message her. Check out the Rosa Lab as well. See what they're doing there. Um, of course, as of you guys know, you there's a new episode out every other Saturday. So please keep an eye out for new episodes. And of course, I'll be posting some teasers of this video. So Monita, thank you so much for your time and I will see you soon. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.